Today is all age harvest service. I love Harvest Sunday. And I'm not sure if you do. Do you? I love harvest. I remember as a child we carried crops harvested from our local farm to church for harvest. My mom would select the biggest and the finest. When we asked why, she replied, God has provided for us by allowing these crops grow. When we give back to the Lord in thanksgiving, he will make next year harvest greater. My mother's way of showing appreciation to God during harvest never left my mind. And I wonder if someone here know where our food comes from. Where do you think our food comes from? Any idea? Hello, yes, Chimbe? Oh, the microphone is coming. Wait. All over the world. All over the world. Is that correct? Shall we give her a round of applause? That's a good one. One more. And it also comes from God and it also comes from farms. It comes from God and it comes from the farm. That's a good one, B. Can, can we give him a round of applause, please? Anyone else? I was just looking up to the Google search and I discover, you know, whether it's right, I'm not sure, but it says nearly 80% of British food is imported abroad. Is that right? 80% of our food comes from abroad. Is that right? That's what I saw on the Google. I'm not sure. I don't know. Is that okay? No? Not really. But that's what I saw. So do we grow our own food now? That's the next question. Do we? How many of you have your own food in your garden? Sort of. I know Paul. Yes, I've been there. That's really amazing. Yes, I wish. Yes, fam. We should, isn't it? What we see today is more processed food. You get to the Tesco, Sainsbury, Morrison, you get the food from the shelf, and then straight away to the oven, and then five, ten minutes is done. And we say we are eating organic. Is it organic? Not sure. <laughs> so harvest is a time when we express our thanks to God for his goodness by helping to meet the needs of others. In harvest, we remember that God created the world and all his wonders for us to use and enjoy. And he provides for all our needs. 
Nowadays, few of us grow our own food or have to spend much time worrying about where our next meal will come from. The truth is that even if we don't worry about where to get our next meal, we worry about so many things like paying our bills. You see what is going on in the world today. Energy bill, the price is going up. Aftermath of the coronavirus crisis all over the world. Or how to fund the two kids in university. There's a lot to pay. So many to worry. But Jesus has something to say about the things we need. And the things we spend our time wanting and worrying about. And I'm going to invite my daughter, Chimdo, to, uh, to read Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 25 to 34 for us. Please, please pay attention. Okay? Over to you. Kevin, is that on? Yeah, good. So I'm going to stand here. And then you face the congregation. Don't be shy. Okay, good. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink, or about your body, what you wear. Is, is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the bed of the air. They do not sow or reap or store anyway in bands, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Is that is, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown in the fire, will he much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't worry, said Jesus. Your father knows what you need. He reminds us that God has already given us an abundance of good things to use and enjoy. Ask yourself this morning, why has God given us this? Why do we need it? 
All these good things are wonderful to have and appreciate. But that is not all. These gifts require a response from us. The first thing Jesus told us to do is stop worrying. And I'm looking for someone here. I need a volunteer to help me. Help me put this up. Can somebody help me? Oh, you're in a case? I'm looking for a case. Are you? I'm looking for a child. Sorry? Yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> you, you, have done, you have done the reading. Are you looking for somebody else? Can someone else? If you know you haven't done anything, please. Okay. You're going to face the congregation, then hold it for me. What does he say? Stop worrying. Stop worrying, isn't it? In other words, trust in God because he knows what we need. This is really difficult, isn't it? Especially when times are hard. But Jesus is right. Worrying does not gain us anything. Not an extra penny. Not a single extra hour of life. All worrying does is rob us of the enjoyment of what we have. If we try to appreciate all the wonderful things God has given us in creation we might start to trust that God is unbelievably generous and we provide for us. We may not get all the things we want, but God knows what we really need, isn't it? Worrying about the things in this world shows that we don't trust God or that our focus is more here in it than in heaven. We are on a journey, pilgrimage, and our final destination is where? Where? Heaven. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verses 1 and 3, let not your heart be in trouble. In my father's house, there are many mansions if not so, I would have told you, I'm going up there to prepare. Where? Where is he going? Heaven. Up in heaven to prepare a place for you. When I come back, I will take you so that where I am, there you will be also. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Can we clap for him, please? So notice what Jesus says in verse 31. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Here, Jesus is not talking about any rosary, like a dream home. These are basic survival needs. Food, water, clothing, shelter. Surviving extreme heat or cold. If you don't have these things, you will die. That's the truth. They are the necessity. We need them. 
Remember, when Jesus was talking to these people, there was no welfare system like we have today. No welfare system. If you're able to walk and refuse to do so, no one will take care of you. Not even your family. There are no food banks that we, like we have today. Okay? There are no soup kitchens like we have today, cafe. You couldn't sign up for disability or welfare or any kind of assistance. Retirement plans were not even in place. When you got too old to work or too injured, either your family took care of you or else you die. And yet Jesus says, do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Jesus can say this because he knows that the heavenly father knows that you need them. Jesus says in verse 32, for the pagans, in verse 32, for the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. Your heavenly father knows that you need food and water and clothing. The unbelievers don't know that God, the father, knows that they need food and water and clothing and other material things. So they pursue them. They run after them as the top agenda, priority. Because they cannot rely on the Lord to provide for them. But we as the children of God are different. We know better, isn't it? And because we are different, we know better and we live differently. Look at the comparison here. The unbelievers run after all these things. Food, water, clothing, as top priority in verse 32. But in verse 33, you and I seek first the kingdom. That's verse 33. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So God first and every other thing should be added. So what is the Lord saying to his children in this verse? Was he saying to us? Is he saying that we should become monks and cut ourselves away from the word? And then he would drop food, just like it happened in the Old Testament, the manna from heaven. Water and clothes into our laps. Not at all. I don't think so. What this passage is saying to each, every one of us is that we are to take Christ to the world. We are not to keep him to ourselves. I have people saying, oh, Christianity is by heart. I keep it to myself. No, I don't want to share it to anybody. That's not true. You need to tell others about the love of Christ. 
We as believers are in the kingdom of God. Jesus is king. We are his children. His servant, his friends, his witnesses, his ambassadors, and his disciples. We are to seek the welfare of the kingdom of God above other priorities. When we seek the welfare of the kingdom of God above other priorities, our priorities take second place to the kingdom priorities. So the second thing to do here is to share. So I'm going to look for somebody else again, another volunteer again to help me. Who's going to help me now? Another volunteer, please. Is he going to help? Yes, please. Yeah. Keep coming. Well done. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I can come to you now. Well done. You heard it. Yeah. Good. So what's he telling us to do? To share. You turn it this way. Yeah. That's good. To share. Okay, that's good. All these good gifts are not for us to keep and hoard. Do you have a friend who hoards things? There are so many of them. They buy things, they don't want to give it out. They keep it to themselves. They're not using it and they don't want to share. Do you have a friend like that? Do you? There are some friends who they buy things, they don't use them, they don't give it out, they keep it. Do you have them? Yeah, I do. I have them. And I keep telling them, you have to share. Even if you don't know, send them to missionaries. They will take them to Tanzania and uh, Sudan's and other places and give it out. It's a blessing. Sometimes I would go to Westminster's and I would go to the shop, the clergy shops, and I buy a bunch of collars and then I would send them to, you know, Africans and people who don't have. So when you have things that you don't use, share. Your toys, you share. Do you share your toys? A bit. You see? <laughs> you have to. <laughs> you see? You have to share. Okay. That is why we have brought harvest offering today, isn't it? The food we have given will be shared with those in our community who need it most. This is one of the ways in which God provides for people's need. Not by making things appear out of the thin air, but by using us as his hands, feet, yeah, on earth to take the natural resources God has given to us and share them out to those who don't have. Then finally, I need a volunteer again. <laughs> Is that not you? Who else? Oh, thank you. You have, yes. That's part of sharing. So you need to allow others to take part. Oh, Cheesy, look at you. <laughs> High five. Okay, you heard it. What do we need to do? 
give thanks. Told us to do what? To give thanks. Before we eat. Okay? When we share. Oh, thank you. Thank you for helping. And whenever we can, we need to remember that all good things come from God. So he deserves our thanks and praise. Sometimes we take gifts for granted, isn't it? Don't we? Probably because it's common or free. How do you feel? Just want to ask you this question. How do you feel when you give someone a gift and they don't bother to say thank you? How do you feel? They don't bother to say thank you. Yeah? How do you feel? Upset. Upset. Yes, I like that. Upset. Disappointed. Disappointed. That's a good word. One more. Unappreciated, yes? Any more? Fed up. Fed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes? You will feel sad, isn't it? Let me share a little story about an ingratitude experience I had recently. As I conclude. Last year, someone called me and asked for financial assistance on behalf of a family friend. I don't have money to meet my own needs at that time. But considering the situation, I went out of my way to give generously. The shocking thing was that this person didn't bother to say thank you. Even after he was told, I raised the money. I shared my feelings with my wife and she reminded me that this is an example of how we treat God. He gives us air to breathe, good health, food, shelter, and much more. Yet, instead of thanking him, we complain about the things he is yet to do. Isn't that how we behave? We complain more than we pray. We complain more than saying, God, thank you. Even if you don't know what to say, God, thank you for the gift of life. Isn't that amazing that we're here today together? Not by an accident, but God made it possible that you're here. It means a lot to him. Just saying thank you. So I'm going to invite Chimde, my daughter again, to say a prayer. Lord of growth and harvest, you, you crown the year with your goodness, and your paths overflow with plenty. May we remember the hungry, may we share the goodness with all, and may we be truly thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.